0: So today we're kicking off a new series titled Elemental. And if you think, or you look up what the word elemental means, it means something that is fundamental, something that is basic, something that is uh, from the, from the beginning. It's a building block. It is the primary or basic thing that everything is built upon. If you look at it in science, everything's built upon atoms, right? And you, you get down at the fact that the atoms hold everything together, and everything is constructed from it. And it lets me think, or makes me think about what are the elemental things in the life of a believer to be able to accomplish all that God has for us. You know, many times we complicate things so much and we need to get back to the basics of what God has told us to do and how we walk according to how he wants us to walk. And today we're gonna be talking about the Bible. Look at that, at a church, and we're gonna talk about the Bible, okay? Um, It's funny, I had somebody tell me one time, they started coming to church, like, pastor, it's so refreshing. You preach out of the Bible. And I'm like, what else would I preach out of, right? Like, you know, it's like, no, because some churches, they never even read the scriptures. They just talk. And I was like, well, that's a good thing. You're coming to a Bible-believing-based church. And one of the things that as a pastor, I say all the time, some of you are probably tired of hearing me say it, is the fact that it is imperative for us to read the Bible, every single one of us. As a matter of fact, I would venture to say it like this, we need to have the Bible as part of our daily diet. It is a necessity for us to have the Bible as part of our daily diet. And you would ask this question, why do we need to have the Bible? Why do we need to read the Bible? And the first point, if you're taking notes, and I hope you're taking notes, but the first point if you're taking notes is that we need to read the Bible because the Bible will help us increase or grow or build our faith. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And it is something that is what we build our faith upon. It builds our faith, hearing the word, listening to the word continually following it and listening to it over and over again. The second thing of why we need to read our scriptures, not only does it build our faith, but the Bible will renew our mind. Romans chapter 12, verse number two, you can jot that down, we're gonna put it on the screen. Romans chapter 12, verse two says this, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The truth of the matter is this, society and culture tell us the way that we should be living our lives and what we need to accept and say that it's okay or whatnot. But many times what society is saying that we have ingrained into our mind is contrary to what the word of God says. And in order for us to push that to the side, we need to read it and have it over and over again coming into us so that we can renew our mind to think like Christ instead of thinking like culture tells us to think. Did you know that a child and not just a child anybody needs to hear something over and over over a hundred times for them to truly internalize it like have you ever told you had to tell your kids put your shoes away okay have any of you had to tell your kids more than twice come on three times four five right you know my wife and i she'll she'll be like i I lost count but one day we'll get to that hundredth time where they internalize it that this needs to be put away and then she'll look at me and says, It doesn't work with you, but maybe it'll work with them. Right now, <laughs> um, you know, kids say the darndest things, don't they? We were talking about this with somebody the other day, and our daughters, I mean, you, your kids are always listening. And Abigail turns around and says, But daddy, you don't put your shoes away. So, and, I, and it's like, shh, you don't say that. Keep that between us. No, um, any which ways you got to hear it over and over again. And so listening to the word of God, reading the word of God will allow you to internalize it and it will renew the mind to be able to think like Christ, to be able to think how he will. I mean, when you first started dating your spouse, you didn't think the same exact way. And as you got, when you got married and you're developed in your marriage and you continue to go, you get to a point in time where you begin to think alike, where you know how they're going to respond, true or not. And anybody, any relationship that you have over an extended period of time, you can get to that place where you know how that person is going to respond. And so that's when then you can have, let's say, for example, at work, a promotion. The boss lets you be in charge of things knowing that... They know you know how they think, and you're gonna answer how they would answer, so they go ahead and start giving you that freedom to do it. Why? Because you have God in it, you understand it. And it works the same with God. As we internalize the scripture, as we get into it more and more, it renews our mind, and we begin to think like God thinks. We begin to act like God acts. So number one, again, if you're taking notes, you have to read the scripture. We need to read the scripture, because it builds our faith. Number two, it renews our mind. And number three, it's how God speaks to us. I mean, so many times people, I hear people say, well, God doesn't speak to me. And I would ask you this when's the last time you read the scripture? just like not in a service like at your house you by yourself you open the bible and ask the person of the holy spirit did you know that the role of the holy spirit according to scripture in the book of john when jesus says i'm sending your comforter he says part of his responsibility is to help you understand to give you understanding revelation of what the bible says so i would ask the person that says god doesn't speak to me i would say this when's the last time you set aside time to open your scripture and you said, Holy Spirit, uh, let me understand, understand clearly what God is trying to say. It's kind of what we saw the young lady do in the skit of the video. When she got to the point where things were going disastrous, she just sat on the bed there reading the scripture and saying, God, speak to me. God is always talking. What happens is a lot of us aren't listening. We get so busy. Abigail gets so into the books that she reads. I love the fact that she loves to read. She's in third grade reading at fifth grade level and and reading these big books and doing all this stuff, and, and, and she's great, but she gets lost in her book where you have to be like, you know, we'll say something, and it's like no answer, and it's like, Abigail, put the book down. Your mom's talking to you. Or, you know, sometimes my dad takes them to school in the morning and, uh, and, and Alexandra will be like, yeah, you know, I play games with Abuelo Eddie because, you know, Abigail gets lost in her book. She doesn't talk to anybody on the whole car ride. She's just reading, reading, reading. She's so lost in it. She doesn't pay attention to what others are saying around her. And man, don't we get so lost into the situations in our life that we quit listening to what God is trying to say? I've been there. And I get to this place where you're like, man, nobody spoke to me the whole entire ride. No, 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 they spoke. You were just so busy doing something else. And so we need to read scripture because it's how God talks to us. Do you know that every answer for the situations you may ever face in your life are already in the scripture? Every answer. It's like a master key to a lock and we need to read it. So that's the why. Why do we need to read scripture? Why does it need to be part of our daily diet? Simple. It helps us build our faith. It renews our mind, and God speaks through it. That's the why. Now, I would ask you this. What am I to do with scripture? We know the why, so now the what. Go to Psalms chapter 1 with me. Psalms chapter 1. I just made a mess. Y'all forgive me for that. Psalm chapter 1. Bless you. That was an interesting sneeze. <laughs> You're like trying to hold it in. Just let it out. We'll bless you. We'll... Does anybody know where bless you comes from when somebody sneezes? So, so it, it, in the old, old age, people used to think that every time you sneeze, the piece of your soul left your body. And that's why people would then say, bless you. Look it up. Google it. Ask Siri later. It's what it is. Anyways, that's not true though, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, Psalm 1.1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. One more time, verse number one. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Again, if you're taking notes, what do we need to do with the word of God? Number one, we need to love the word of God. We need to love the word of God. The psalmist says he delights in his law. And that's what we need to do. We need to love it. If you look at verse number one, it it says three things, right? Blessed is a man who does not walk, if you notice there, in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. It's a three-tier process of how culture takes over our life if you're not rooted in the word of God. Watch. Here it is. You first are walking along with someone then you're getting their counsel or the advice. And then ultimately you sit there and let the indoctrination begin. It's a threefold process. And it says, blessed is the man who doesn't do that, but that delights or loves or receives or hugs the word of God. We need to love it passionately because it is his word. And the second thing is not enough to just love the word of God, you need to learn the word of God. Love the word of God, and then you need to learn the word of God, or God's word. What did the psalmist say? Not just delights in the word, but meditates on the word. Meditates on it. Chews on it. Ponders on it. Thinks about it. I mean, it's why the New Testament tells you, think about whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is of a good report. If there's anything praiseworthy in it, meditate on these things. See, what happens is that many times, we only begin to meditate or think about the things that did not go our way. I've been there. Man, why is this happening? Right? If you have more than one kid, Anybody here have more than one child? Okay, so you know that when one gets sick, there is a very high likelihood that the other one's gonna get sick, and then the other one. It just happens. And you try to quarantine, and you try to put them away, and do this stuff, but the truth is that by the time that the first one showed the symptoms, the other one already has it incubated. <laughs> so you know it's happening, but we're like, Pasta right? Like. You know, like, I can't believe this, this is me, I'm already given the antibiotic, I'm doing this, what else can I do? God, you know, help me out here! And we're so focused on the fact that something's not going right and everything else that's wrong around about it, that we forget that actually most of the time everything has been fine. We, We just focus on the bad. We focus on the problem instead of focusing on the one who is the answer to the problem, instead of changing our mindset to meditate on what is good, what is true, what is noble, what is pure. Not only do we need to learn it because of the fact that it helps us, but we can't stand upon what we do not know. It's as good as nothing. You know, The Bible says that God is our healer, he's our redeemer, he's our savior. It says he'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you. It says there he wants to prosper you. He wants to take care of you. It says he's never abandoned you. He's not going to abandon you. But you cannot stand or believe upon that that you do not know. So we need to learn God's word. Ingest it. Internalize it. And here's the kicker. You then got to live God's. Word. See, the book of James says that not to be only a hearer of the word of God, but a doer of the word of God. You know, we, we, we have the, the bus downstairs. We mentioned it, and for those of you watching online or, or listening to the rebroadcast, we, we've got the One Blood bus downstairs donating blood today, or receiving blood. They're not donating it to us, we're giving it to them. And so I got a, 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 a message through our contact with them saying, hey, the person wants to know if we can just open a campus in Hialeah because they live far away and they love the church. And, and and it's like, all right, you know, it's a little far. You can watch online that they can come. Yeah, no, because they've, and, and I went downstairs. She's like, I've never heard a church that is always doing stuff in the community. And from what I went and looked, like, you guys are doing this and you're doing that, and and, 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 and that's it's great. It's like, um, <laughs> that's awesome. I'm glad you recognize it, but it's what the Bible tells us to do. The Bible tells us to take care of widows and orphans. Like we don't do it just because, oh, that's a good thing. No, no, no. The Bible tells us to do it. The Bible tells us to help those that need help. The Bible tells us to be light in darkness. The Bible is telling us, and church, it's our encouragement to you on a daily basis to live out the word of God. Not just be a hearer of the word of God, but be a doer to put into action that which the word of God says. But you cannot do that which you do not know. How many of you have heard me talk to you about uh, Professor Rosenthal? Anybody here hear my story about Professor Rosenthal at FIU? Anybody ever had, anybody go to FIU and have Professor Rosenthal in their class? Anybody? As their teacher? Yeah, did you? All right, so Professor Rosenthal first day of my class FIU calculus it was the class it was college calculus or whatever it was it was calculus he says I want you all to know I don't grade homework you don't tell me you don't grade homework because do you know what that translation of what David understood you don't need to do homework Come on, am I the only one that if your professor tells you I don't check homework, is like, hey, that means I don't gotta do homework. It's not important. So I didn't do homework. And I got to my first test. And I got stuck on a problem. And I raised my hand and called over the professor. And he came on over there and I said, I'm stuck with this question. And he said, where's your book? And I pulled out my book out of my Jansport backpack. Do they even still make Jansport backpacks, by the way? Those things lasted like forever. Um, I pull out my book and he opens it up and he says, you see this problem here? I was like, yeah. I was like, he was like, it's the same exact problem. And then he closed the book in my face. You should have done your homework. And he walked away. (laughs) Okay. Watch this now. I could not live out the test because I didn't do the homework, okay? If you don't ingest the word of God, you will never be able to live out the test. If you don't internalize it, if you don't read it, if you don't put time aside to sit there and say, God, speak to me, what are you trying to say? You will never, ever be able to live it out daily we need to ingest it there's a lot of people that believe that this is just a book the truth is the word bible comes from the word biblios which means library or collection of books the bible is not a book it's a collection of 66 books written in three languages over the course of hundreds of years by 40 different authors or writers, better said, with one author, God. See, the book of Timothy, put up 2nd Timothy, verse chapter 3, verses 3, 16 and 17 says this. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, means it's good for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness, verse 17, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. In other words, homework to live out the test. Now, if you go back to verse number 16, look at what it says is good for, doctrine. What does the Bible say? That in the end times, people are gonna have itchy ears listening to what they wanna hear. I know you all love our church. That's why you're here. I've had people, we've had people leave our church and it's like, hey, what's going on? Where you at? No, you, you talk too much about sin. No, no, no. It's not that I'm talking about sin. It's maybe that the word of God was giving you correction for something you needed to fix in your life. But what do they want to hear? Oh, just come to God and everything's okay. You don't have to change your life. No, no you, you don't have to stop sinning. You just have to repent more often. No, 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 you don't You don't need to stop sleeping with your girlfriend. No, no, you don't need to stop stealing uh, from your workplace. Oh, you don't need to stop cheating your taxes. Oh, you don't need to, you just need to ask God to forgive you. No, buddy. The Bible's job is to bring out that which God does not approve on so that there can be change. It's the rule of Scripture to reproof and bring correction. How many of you know that correction hurts, though? How many of you know that when you want your child truly not to continue to do what they're doing, you give them a little love tap on the behind? Why? That little pain that you give them in love teaches them triggers change the behavior but what happens is that we're not reading the scripture so we don't even realize what we're not supposed to be doing but the word of god is inspired directly by god and the second thing about scripture which is really interesting that we have to remember is the fact that it's the living word of god hebrews chapter 4 verse number 12 says this hebrews four twelve. for the word of god is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart the word of god is living which is why God can say something to you in your quiet time with him and somebody reading the same Bible in another country on the other side of earth can be told by God the same thing, even perhaps in a different passage of scripture because it was all inspired by God. And I don't know about you, I've had many times where I read a verse perhaps for the 10th time and God tells me a completely different thing. Can I tell you another reason why it is imperative for us to read the word of God? God wants to speak to you directly, not just through other people. Not just through other people. I... (laughs) I grew up going to Catholic church. I don't know, some of you perhaps did as well. I grew up going to Catholic church, going to parochial school, went to St. Michael the Archangel for kindergarten through fourth grade. Go Cavaliers, I think was their mascot. No, Crusaders, Crusaders, go Crusaders, whatever. So I grew up going to Catholic church, going to Catholic school, and my mom was a practicing Catholic. She never had idols at the house. Like we didn't have, you know, Virgin Mary or any of those type of things, but. We were practicing Catholics. Like, we actually went to Mass and heard, you know, the English, the Spanish, and the Latin from Father Paz, right? Like, you know, he went through all three languages in the thing. And we had, no lie, we had a, a Bible at the house. It was about this thick, okay? The big old Catholic Bible. Anybody ever seen one of those big old, big Catholic Bibles? You know what I'm talking about? All right. We used that Bible in my lifetime twice. My brother's first communion picture, and my first communion picture. We never opened it. We never read it. For Can a lot, it was like, we would get in trouble if we touched it. It was like on a little thing there, and it was like, you walk by the Bible, and like, whoa, you know? But we never read it. Some of you looking at me funny, like, what did he just do? It was like, knows. you were not Catholic if you don't know what I just did, okay? <laughs> And here's the the, the big thing, and and by the way, there's a ton of Catholics that are going to heaven because they have a relationship with Jesus. Let's be very clear on that. But I want to get on something. Not once I went to Catholic school, and I would go to Mass every week. Not once were we encouraged to open the Bible and read it ourselves. We were not. We learned what the priest taught. I see a lot. Oh, you shaking your heads. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, because you 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 know it's the truth. As a matter of fact, I was just we were, we were with some friends this weekend uh, a couple of days ago, and they were saying they were talking to somebody at, at the pool that was a Catholic, and the person was talking about Mary and and you know how awesome Mary and and all this stuff, and she looked and said, "Yeah, you're right, Mary. What a blessing to have been chosen by God to carry His Son as a virgin and give birth. That is amazing. But you know." After she had Jesus, she had sex with Joseph. And she got pregnant and had other kids. And the Bible says that Jesus had brothers and sisters. And the person said, what? No, she was a virgin. Like, no, no, she was a virgin when she had Jesus. But after she had Jesus, she stopped being a virgin. It says it in the Bible. Then it was like, really? Like, yes, let me show you. Do you know why the enemy does not want us to read Scripture and only get second half in hand, second-hand information? Because it's easier to convince someone who didn't hear directly from God. Amen. It's easier to put doubt in a person that didn't hear the instruction directly from God. Tell me this. Watch, watch. I want you to tell me something. Pastor, prove it. Thank you for being awake. Can we all do it this time? Okay, thanks. Um, Thanks for the challenge, okay? Watch this. God hit me with this two weeks ago. I've read this verse probably, I I can't say how many times in my life. Media team, I apologize because I didn't tell you to look up this verse, but I'm going to tell you to go there now. Go to Genesis chapter number 2. And then he says, go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 16. Watch this. And the Lord commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for in that day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Verse number 18, here's the kicker. And the Lord God said, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Watch. God gave the instruction of not eating of the fruit to Adam before he made Eve. Then God made Eve, and Adam told Eve, Hey, we can eat everything except that one. And who did the serpent go talk to? Eve. The serpent went to Eve, the one that got second had information, and said, But did God really say that? How do you know? You just heard it from Adam. How do you know that that's truly what he said? And the devil wants us to live our Christianity off of other people's revelations because then he can come and say, but is that truly what God's speaking? See, because when you had the word told to you firsthand, there's no denying what you heard. There's no denying what you heard. So the devil wants us to live off of secondhand information, living off of what other people wrote, living off what someone else said, living off what a preacher preached. Church, I'm here to tell you as your pastor, you can't only live off what I tell you that the Bible says. You have to read it every day because if you only live off of what I tell you God said in the word, it's going to be very easy for the devil to get you to believe that what you're facing right now, you're never going to get out of. You're going to be able to believe that you're stuck there and you're never going to be able to succeed because you don't know. God hasn't told you directly because you never open to hear what he had to say. We can't live our Christianity off of the revelations that God gave somebody else. Pastor, you're saying we don't have to come to church? No, that's not what I'm saying. The Bible also says that you got to congregate because we need each other. Because we see each other it's like, man, hey, you, you got a haircut. You look good, man. Oh, wow, man, I've missed you. What's going on? No, I fell down. You walked down. Hey, what happened to your ankle? No, I had to get surgery. I fell down. Man, we're praying. We need each other to encourage each other. But in our personal daily diet, we need to ingest the word of God. It is elemental to a life of a believer to hear directly from God every single day. And what God is telling us through scripture does not change. And now let's go a step further. If you put Hebrews back up for me, the verse in Hebrews chapter four, where it says that the word of God is powerful. There are two different Greek words in the Bible for the Word of God it is the word logos and the word Rhema everybody say with me logos, logos. Rhema. rhema come on everybody logos, logos. Rhema. rhema okay this word here when you look it up in the original language it says for the logos of God is living and powerful if you go to Ephesians chapter 6 where it talks about the armor Right? the Helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the feet with the preparation of the gospel of faith, the shield of faith, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That word there, sword of the spirit, when it says is the word of God, is the word rhema. Here's the difference. Logos is the written, rhema is the action or spoken word. And if we don't know what the word of God says, we're never able to use it as the spoken authority word of God, as the sword that it is, in order to defend ourselves in battle. We can't read it like a book. We need it to be alive in us to use it as the weapon that it is. Hundreds of years ago, there was a prince in Spain, the Prince of Granada, who was taken prisoner and thrown into a dungeon by the Spanish monarchy because they didn't want him to build a revolt against the Spanish crown. And they had him imprisoned for over 30 years in this dungeon. He had, they would dig him food, and the only thing he had inside the dungeon was a Bible. 30 some odd years. After his 30 years of imprisonment when he died and they went into the prison cell to look and how did this guy live his life? They found that with a nail, he had carved a whole bunch of information on the walls of the prison. Okay, I actually took a screenshot of an article that came out in 1910. Put it up for me, the, the, the article. This article came out in 1910, December 10th. In the old prison at the Palace of Skulls, Madrid, many, many years ago, the learned Prince of Granada, heir to the Spanish throne, was imprisoned by the order of the crown lest he try to usurp the throne. He was kept in solitary confinement for 33 years and when death at least released him from the living tomb, the following researchers taken from the Bible and marked with an old nail on the walls of the cell told how his brain sought employment through the weary years. This is what the guy wrote on the wall. In the Bible, the word Lord is found 1,853 times. The word Jehovah, 4,855 times, and the word Reverend, but once, and that is in the ninth verse, 111th Psalm. The 8th verse of the 117th Psalm is the middle verse of the Bible. The ninth verse of the 8th chapter of Esther is the longest verse. And the 35th verse of the 11th chapter of St. John is the shortest. In the 106th Psalm, four verses are alike. The 8th, the 15th, the 21st, and the 31st. Each verse of the 136th Psalm ends alike no names or words with more than six syllables are found in the bible wow that's pretty cool the 37th chapter of isaiah and 19th chapter of second kings are alike the word girl occurs but once in the bible and that in the third verse and the third chapter of joel there are found in both books of the bible three million five hundred eighty six thousand four hundred eighty three letters 773,693 words, 31,373 verses, 1,139 chapters, and 66 books. The 26th chapter of Acts of the Apostles is the finest to read. The most beautiful chapter in the Bible is the 23rd Psalm. Man, he had a whole lot of logos, but zero Rhema. He learned a whole lot of information, but nothing shows that he ever applied it. And that's how a lot of Christians use the Bible. A heck of a whole lot of information. As a matter of fact, if I were to ask you, what's the shortest verse in the Bible? Most of you would quip, Jesus wept. We know it. We we know Psalm 20. We know these different things. But the question is not, do we know it? The question is this, are we living it? Are we applying it? Are we using it? Or is it information that we're getting just to pass another day in a jail cell? Church, we must read the word. We need the word of God every day. Why? Because the word of God builds your faith. The word of God renews your mind and the word of God is how he speaks to us. And what do we need to do with the word of God, church? every single day with the word of God we need to love it we need to learn it and then we need to live it that's elemental to our walk as a Christian on planet Earth and I challenge you get a Bible reading plan that you start following Don't wait till January 1st. Pastor, you're right, I need to read my Bible. We're two months from January. On January 1st, my resolution is gonna be that I'm gonna read the Bible in a year. Don't wait two months, start tomorrow morning. Take your phone out and download the YouVersion app and listen to it in your car. Listen to it as you drive, listen to it while you shower. I mean, you take your phone into the bathroom anyways. Most of you do, probably, I do. I got it in there playing worship while I'm showering. I got it in there, I, I, I do. And I'm an auditory learner, so I got it playing so I can just hear it over and over and over. I challenge you. I'm gonna show my age here. I double dare you. Young people don't know what I'm talking about, but anyways. I double dare you. To actually read the word of God every day. Because it's elemental to your growth as a Christian.